Made to Achieve Cleaning Service is looking for more clients in the Paulding and Defiance areas. They specialize in residential, business, and RV cleaning. They are insured. They provide all supplies and equipment. All you do is provide the mess. Their goal is to achieve your clean home dreams. Check them out on Facebook at Made to Achieve or their website at www.madetoachieve.com. Welcome to another episode of Across the Field, Double B and PB. PB, what's going on? Holy moly, man. College football, NFL football, high school football is all crazy this week. I mean, Buckeyes survive a test on the road. Rocky Top dies in the hedges. The Catholics override the Tigers. And then Brian Kelly puts his... Onions on the table. <laughs> to beat the tide. He ain't a fraud anymore. Uh, and Buckeye Hoops return tonight, man. I'm juiced. Buckeye Hoops, and you're going to be in attendance. Absolutely. Before we dive into anything, though, what what uh, let's dive into uh, you making a surprise visit back to the 419 over the weekend. Yeah, I, I had a class get canceled, and... Uh, um, Friday and, uh, Bailey March was going to leave Thursday cause she teaches at Tenora on, uh, Fridays. So I was like, I might just catch her eyes back. And then I texted old DB and he let me sit in his classroom. So that was awesome. Yeah. Sweet. I was a blue streak for a day. <laughs> so when did that all go down? Wednesday night, Thursday night, Thursday, like it, it happened so quick, like Thursday at three 30. Really? Yep. So you made all these calls, made all these arrangements, and came home Thursday night? Yep. Wow. And T Species Cuts, you know, got me got me a haircut in there too, so There you go. Yeah. What's yeah. his official uh business title gonna be up there? I think I think he said Speece Barbershop. Speece Barbershop, yeah. Species Species Barbershop. Okay. Yep. Because uh, I was kind of hoping it was going to be Little T's Cuts or something. Little T's Cuts is a good one, ain't it? Yeah, it is. But maybe a little too uh, non-formal for Paulding County. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a barbershop that I would see in like Columbus, Cincinnati yep. area. It's not Paulding County. No, not smack dab in the middle of Paulding. No, especially, yeah. Yeah, no way. Oh, yeah. So he fit me in for a haircut. So sweet, oh, yeah. sweet man. That's awesome. Dad wasn't even home this weekend though. So yeah, they get any birds? Yeah, he chasing some tail. Yeah, chasing tail. They come up with some, huh? Yeah, he sent me a couple pictures. Cool. Yeah, they got home late last night. 
So you didn't catch him at all? Uh-uh. And then you stiffed me on Saturday. I was going to come. And then Luke's buddies, <laughs> Luke's buddies uh, came over. And holy crap, they're a hoot. Oh, yeah? There's, he had about nine dudes over. And uh, they came over, and they were just cracking me up. Mom made mom made some uh, chips and dip and uh, sloppy joes. She made a whole spread for them. And uh, so... Yeah, I got those boys were entertaining me. They were, they were hilarious. Oh, that's good stuff. Well, good. Glad you made it here and back okay. And uh, yeah, all that good stuff. Ultra juice that we got a short week this week. You know, four day week. Four day week. Yeah, yep. We had Veterans Day off. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. How could I forget about that? Yeah, we got Veterans Day off, so. Which just happens to be Friday. Yep. So we get, we get to take this to a three day weekend. <laughs> oh, that's great for a Buckeye home game. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, before we go any further, I got a couple. I know we usually save shout outs for the end, but I got a couple birthday shout outs. You ready? I think I know one. Go ahead. Do you know one? Yeah, but I'll let you shout it out. Okay. You brought it up. Uh, my stepmom, Julie Beckman. Uh, happy birthday to her today, Monday, November the 7th. And then I got another one. Uh, my uncle, Dan Bland. It's his birthday today as well. So, Oh, oh Dano. Shout out to him as well. So birthdays galore. Um, and then I've got another one Uh-oh. I saw on Facebook. Um, assistant coach for the Wayne Trace Raiders football team, uh, Tyler Showalter. So happy birthday to him. And I saw a few more on Facebook, but I know he listens a little bit. So wanted to shout him out. But let me see. I thought there was maybe one more I wanted to shout out. And I think that's it. I think that's it. But I tell you one we forgot last week, Peyton, because we did we went early. Yeah. Um, we did our you know we did our episode on Tuesday. Um, I didn't know if you saw this, but Rob Bailey's birthday was last week. I seen that. Yeah. Last Wednesday, I believe. So do your podcast. So we want to give him a shout out too. Happy belated birthday to Rob. Have we made sure Rob hasn't like burnt down the? Uh, I know he lives in Sherwood. Has it, he hasn't burned down the town of Sherwood after the <laughs> Irish pulled off that big old victory. Well, he texted me today and uh, said something to the effect of, "Oh, he asked me about the Antwerp game because he said he fell asleep Friday and missed the end of it." And so I gave him a rundown of how the Archers. What a wild game! Came back to win that game Friday night. And it was a wild game. It was great. It was great. I guess, you know, let's just start right there if you want to. Friday Night Lights. Uh, yeah. Did you watch any games? I watched the Antwerp game. Yeah, that was. Um, credit Delphus Jefferson. Um, I was there. You were there in person. So I'm just going to give a little quick brief, you know, history of them. Uh that team, you know, they probably don't have the athletes to go up 
against Antwerp toe for toe like they did. Um, but that coach knows how to coach. And uh, yeah, my senior year, they also did not have the weapons where they should have been competing against us. And they took us to overtime. That that coach, they run that system. Uh, Trent Teeman, he ran the ball really well um, for the Jeff Cats. So I thought that was a great game. Antwerp had a uh, fight through some uh, adversity. You know, really first time they had adverse situations all year. So credit to them. You don't know how your team's going to respond when you get adverse situations. And the Archers, you know, Carson Oldemus was not going to be denied, and he was not going to leave that field with a loss. Uh, that, just the way – if watching it on TV, I don't know how it felt there, but, you know, he kind of really took over that game. Yeah, um, I believe Jefferson's head coach is Ben Rarig, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, I, I I believe that's who it is. And, yes, I, I will second that by saying you are absolutely right. You know, when – they played Ayersville earlier this year, and I'm not sure how bad that was, but it felt like Ayersville beat them pretty handily. Um, I think it was a 14, 20 point game, maybe. 41, 21, 20 point game. Yeah, 20 point game. Yeah. So for them to come back and play Ayersville last week, and not only play Ayersville tougher, but beat them, I thought, you know what, this is going to be a really good game, and that's why I wanted to get over there, and uh, and it lived up to what I thought it was going to be. Um, Walking in, you know, Antwerp's obviously undefeated. They're the uh, the favorite on paper. But just like watching the warm-up when we got there and then, you know, seeing how things shook out, I was like, man, I even told DB, who was with me, um, I said, man, don't be shocked if Jefferson wins this game. And, uh, you know, they they had their chances for sure. But uh, credit the Archers for getting the job done. Um, I will say this. You watched it on my sports. Yep. I was there in person. <clears throat> Antwerp, you need to retire the black uniforms. Um, this is a great idea, but or at least give me a white outline on the number because there in person, I could not see the number at all. In fact, there were sometimes it didn't even look like they had numbers on. And I, I watched the game again, parts of it towards the end there on my sports. And you could actually see them better on TV than what you could where I was standing. I mean, I don't know about all over the field, but my goodness, I just couldn't read the numbers. Couldn't tell that's, who was who. That, that's the tough part about, you know, you get those black unis. Uh, Wayne Trace did a couple of years ago where they put black unis with, Blue numbers. Blue numbers, yeah. yeah hard to see. Uh, we had black uh, uniforms with maroon numbers. Yeah. Imagine how tough. hard that is to see. Yeah, we've – I mean, there a- is a white trim, but that white trim is so small you can't see from the box. It's tough. That's tough. So, all these high school teams out there, retire the black. Unless you're going with like a red – I don't know. Red, I feel like, stands out a little bit better. Of course, Antwerp's not red, but in a Wayne Trace situation when they did that, I thought red might have stuck out a little better. Um, or just go with some white numbers with your team color outline. I don't know. Yeah. But figure it out because I don't like it. It's tough to see. It was <laughs> tough to see on. It was tough to see on TV. Um. So, I, and I I remember 
Kenny Stabler, he had a tough time even with the Paulings. Uh, maroon jerseys with black uh, uh, numbers. You can, He says uh, just the dark on dark is tough to see from the box, which it is tough. It is really, really tough. So I called a game once this year. Yeah. Well, whatever happened, just going with the white numbers on the dark jerseys. <laughs> well, and then I'll uh, – so, anyway, it is what it is. They that just shows pretty, our age, like, complaining yeah. about – Yeah. They are pretty sweet jerseys, don't get me wrong. But maybe it's because I just hit 30 this year, but my eyes just aren't the same. And, uh, yeah, I had a hard time figuring out who was who. Now, I, I figured them out once they lined up and I could – I could tell they're building their the Antwerp guys, you know, I could I could tell their build and yeah where guys were lined up and I figured out who was who. But uh there for a minute, man, I couldn't I couldn't decipher much. So what about the what about the atmosphere there, man? How how crazy was that? <clears throat> it was crazy and Antwerp Antwerp's fans were really into it. They were really jacked up. They were a lot louder than Jefferson's fans. Um, even when Jefferson had momentum, they cheered and got excited, but it just felt like maybe there was more juice from the Antwerp side. Um, now, granted, the whole town was was probably there, but, uh, I mean, it was packed. There, was, there were people standing all around. Actually, we walked in, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes before kickoff, and the Antwerp side was so crowded with people standing that we wouldn't stood on the um, Jefferson side um, down around the goal line. So, um, but uh, it, yeah, about every seat was full on both sides. People were standing all the way around. It was, it was a pretty neat atmosphere. So. Uh, and I, I apologize me and Baxa, you know, I said I was at school reiterating that with him on Friday. Yeah. We both thought you guys picked, yeah, you picked the wrong game to go to. Yeah, everybody left it up to me to pick the game. And DB, which DB said he didn't care, and and then I got a text from you or him or both, and said, I "Think you're picking the wrong game here." And then that that Liberty Center Liberty Benton game did not turn into a game that me and DB thought it would be. No, no, that was that was a kick, and and I would like to see what happened there, you know what I mean? Because Liberty Benton looked really, really good um, the week before against Archbold. So, yeah. like, that really shocked me, the way that happened, that final score and that outcome. But uh, looking at other scores, the Van Wert Cougars, they survived in advance on the road. We know wow. They went on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Rambos had a lead against Elmwood, and Elmwood, I think, scored 17 straight or something like that, I believe. Yeah, they closed it late, but uh, yeah. that game was a lot closer than what – That final score that, indicates. Yeah, for sure. Um, back to that uh, Van Wert game. Yeah, they were up – Cougars were up one. I'm sure you saw the video on Twitter. Cougars up one. Perkins trots out there to kick a field goal for the win, and Cougars block it and take it back for six as time expired, so – they didn't really need the six, but uh, had a little insult to injury and went by seven. But yep, I, good, I little, good for them. Yep, congratulations to them. Um, hard to hard to t- explain to a high school kid, you know, when you 
especially if you're a guy that doesn't get the ball a whole lot. I'm not sure who ran it back, but uh, when you block a, a kick like that, you know, they could have just fell on it, whatever. But when he scooped it up and there's nothing but green grass in front of you, I mean, how do you tell a kid not, not yeah. to score? Yeah, go go run it back. <laughs> um, run it back. Just don't um, fumble. I feel like high school kids, though, um, because it's so, it's so rare that kids kick – we have high school teams kick PATs. Normally you go for two. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they do kick those PATs, um, it's dead once it's blocked. So I feel like oh, – right. That's true. That's true. The kick, the, so, like, the kicking team, I when Tenora blocked one of Paulding's kick this year – all these kids froze because used to it being dead. Well, if mm-hmm. it's a field goal, it's not dead. Like you gotta keep playing. So yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, not only are there not a whole lot of PATs, um, but field goals are definitely, you know, not as common. So yeah, that's a good point. That's a real good point. Do we want to talk college football? <laughs> Look at yeah. these high school games. Before we do I that, though, before we do that, let's jump in. Can we can we pause for a minute to get off the football transition here? Um, go to some of our fan mail that we got over over the weekend. Yeah, let's get into it. Or even late last week. So we did the, yep. our last episode was Tuesday night. We got it out Wednesday, and I'm going to start with. Let's go back to the NBA. How we were talking with the, uh, you know the uh, Brooklyn Nets situation and more things have went down since then. And I haven't kept, kept up on it a whole lot, but the Kyrie drama is really, Pick really quick. And, uh, but we did get some fan mail from Rob Bailey, who is a um, diehard Boston Celtic guy. And so I'm going to read his email to you right now. He says, gentlemen, First and foremost, <laughs> this is at you, Peyton. First and foremost, 49-29 Cowboys. I think that's a shot of you for calling them the Cowgirls all the time. Okay, yep. <laughs> so he was, he was letting you know about that. Um, and then he says, secondly, my Boston Celtics are an organization with an incredible amount of integrity. Now... I believe that had they not suspended Udoka for a substantial amount of time, they put parentheses full season, they would probably have felt quite a bit of quite a bit of backlash from a PR perspective. As far as him going to the Nets, nothing final as of this email. He put in parentheses, which I still don't think there's anything final. Um, I say best of luck. The Nets are an incredibly dysfunctional franchise. I might be wrong, but I feel that NBA coaches are more of a recess monitor than anything. Then he says, we could touch on this more next time after I win the picks this week. LOL. (laughs) Um, What do you have to say to that? Just reading that. that. Apology, apologizing to uh, calling them the cowgirls <laughs> after they whipped up on my bears. So, first and foremost, get that out of the way. And I agree with him. The Celtics, they are a, a historic uh, franchise when you think of the NBA. The first two historic franchises you think of are the Lakers and the Celtics. And so, 
Um, and I agree also with him how the Nets are so dysfunctional right now. I mean, yeah. they don't know what they want to do. Um, so that they have a bunch of superstars there, but can't get the piece. Rama. So yeah, best. I agree with Rob. Best of luck to him. Uh, um, that coach over there. I, I can't pronounce his name. It, it, it kills me every time. Ime Udoka. Yeah. Ime Udoka. Yeah. So. Well, that's how they all pronounce it on ESPN. I'm not sure if I read it. I know how to say it, but, uh, kind of like, uh, JT. Tui Malau, or however you say it, for the Buckeyes. JT Malau. So, you know, it's not JTT. Right? No, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. It's I've just, heard it's JT something. Yeah. But people just add that JT because they can't pronounce his last name. And then eventually the two T's got thrown in there. I watched the interview with him. <laughs> so he's not JTT. It's just JT. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm not calling him JT because that just reminds me of JT Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to And he ain't quite yet the Buckeye great that JT Barrett is. And I know no. I'm going to get hate on that, and I don't care. I don't care either because the dude won football games and a bunch of them. A crap ton of them. Anyway, that's an argument for another day. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean – Enough of that. I haven't really followed up with that, but you're right. I mean, or Rob's right. Both of you are right. Nets, dysfunctional. It's a joke. Um, you know, it's it's a bad situation. Then you got drama Kyrie on top of it, which, you know, I think this is his 12th year in the league. And basically since he's left Cleveland, I mean, what, what has he done? I mean – He's a prolific ball handler and a great scorer, great finisher around the rim. But when he plays, he's good. But this dude, I mean, he just wants to be in the headlines all the time. And that and that really, I hate to say that because I did love Kyrie when he first came out and, you know, when he was first drafted and, you know, he was putting his nose to the grind and all that stuff. But uh, now it's just like, I mean, he is Antonio Brown. Yeah. I mean, really, that's what it feels like to me. So, I don't know. That's 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 my thought there. And yeah, we'll we'll move on from that unless you got anything else to add. Nope, nope. Okay. Uh, second one we got <coughs> was from Mister Coach Corbin Vance. Um, he submitted his picks. And then it wasn't really – he didn't really say much other than he says, bonus pick, Ohio State over Robert Morris on Monday night. So that's I just, a, wanted, just that, wanted to throw that in there. Bold pick. <laughs> he's ready for Buckeye hoops too. He's a Buckeye hoops fanatic actually. You, you talk to him. Oh, he's yeah. Big, he's a big Buckeye hoops guy. He is. He sure is. So I just want to read that before we moved on. And now for the juice. We had we read Russell's last week and Coach Jerome has a, a little rebuttal. Fired back. Oh, <laughs> you ready? Here we go. He sent us picks and then below he says I want to address Russell's fan mail from the previous episode. 
I'll start by saying that I think Ryan Day is an exceptional human being, a pretty good offensive play caller, excellent recruiter, and overall a fine football coach. However, in response to what Russell said about Urban, it would be this. In three and a half going on four football seasons, what has Ryan Day done to make the program better than what it was when he first took it over? To me, he's starting to look an awful lot like the next John Cooper. Praying I'm wrong, he says. I am not a Jim Harbaugh fan, but I think his quote, born on third base about day last year was fairly accurate. In 2019, I believe he inherited what Urban built as the best roster in the country that season, and we ultimately ultimately came up short of reaching the goal. Yes, we won the Big Ten in every game up until the semifinal, but we had a better roster than everyone we beat that year. Meaning, we were supposed to win those games regardless of who's coaching. As the program has shifted from Myers to Days over the last four years, I can't help but notice the gradual decline in the running game slash toughness at the line of scrimmage. Each year, we have progressively gotten worse in that regard. It cost us last year, and it very well could cost us again this year. And then he put, I will gladly be proven wrong, in parentheses. Say what you want about Urban, but there's no denying his teams were tougher at the line of scrimmage and could get that one to two yards when they needed. We weren't bullied slash pushed around up front like we, like we were last year against Oregon and the team up north. So far this year, we're still having a difficult time winning the line of scrimmage against what I would call, at best, above-average opposition. Last thing I have for Russell is the only stat that matters, 7-0. and <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, but I am... So let's uh, go from there, because you... You're, you brought up when we were off the air that I put out a tweet Saturday that said it's time for Ryan Day to hit the road. Go ahead. What's your response to me? Your response to Ryan? Everybody. Okay. okay. Um, up until Saturday, you know, I was, you know, given our run game, I was, I was being a little more relaxed. Okay. About, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. But. Uh, Jarrett Miller texted me and made a really good point and said these conditions would be like taking Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey away from the Chiefs in which the Buckeyes are getting C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison taken away. Jarrett Miller also said that uh, the, uh, the worst team in the NFL, the Texans, without Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey could be or could keep it close um, with the Chiefs, just like Northwestern kept it close. So he compared that and it kind of opened my mind. But the way we ran the football, there was a time in that game where it was third and one, and we tried putting it up there with Mayan Williams, and we couldn't get a yard. 
that bugged the crap out of me. That 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 has stuck with me, and I really hope, you know, this team. I mean, I really hope they have a rugged week of practice. I mean, a rugged week of practice because it felt like we got out tough. Northwestern was more physical than us. Yeah. So. Penn State was more physical than us. Yeah. Which is to be expected. Yeah. So. I, my I'm, rebuttal. I'm, my rebuttal to that would be: Go ahead and finish your last point. I'm sorry to interrupt you there. I'm. I'm not. I'm not getting off the Ryan Day train by all means. Because guess what? What? We're we're undefeated. Guess what? Alabama. Clemson. Alabama's got two losses, arguably the best coach of all time. Yeah, but they're a couple plays away from having four losses, too. Absolutely, with the greatest coach of all time. But they're also a couple plays away from being undefeated. Okay. But they're, a story, they're a story for a different day. Yep. Clemson. All right. I hate Dabo, so I'm not even going to compare that. Um, but... We're undefeated, and our goals are still right in front of us. And um, I think we just need to calm down on Coach Day. Okay. Then after this year, whatever happens, happens. Then we can uh, start to worry. Okay. My rebuttal to that would be, and first I'm going to start with this. The NFL comparison why that opens your eyes, and I, I see why it did. But that's supposed to happen in the NFL. That's a more level playing field. It's not supposed to happen in Ohio State when you're playing. I mean, look at it. I mean, I don't think we've ran the ball well since Toledo. So, I mean, I'd have to go back and look, but I just feel like <sighs> – to win football games, you have to be able to do two things. You have to be able to defend and you have to be able to run the football. And you got to keep in mind, Coach Jerome sent that email before this Northwest, or yeah, before the Northwestern game. So now he's even probably more on that train of he was just infuriated or upset with how he couldn't run against Penn State. Now you throw it on top of this Northwestern performance. And, you know, it just, it's not pretty. And then the other part of that, I'll say this that running room, that running back room is so banged up. Do we have like no confidence in any other back? Like none? Oh no! Because to me, it's you know one week, okay, Travion's in, but uh, Mayan's out. And the next week, Mayan's in, Travion's out. I mean, Mayan Williams is on the field for sixty-one plays. I heard today, uh, sixty-one snaps on Saturday against Northwestern after getting hurt against Penn State. <laughs> exactly. So, like, so, so that, so that's where I am. Again, that's where I am, you know, having leeway is because that room's banged up. 
I know, but it's just it's. I didn't want to believe it last year. I didn't want to believe it coming into this year. But the more I watch it, the more I'm getting swung that way. And I don't know what it takes to fix that. Yeah. Um, now I will say this. I thought the plays of the game with the conditions. C.J. Stroud run the football. C.J. Stroud run the football. And guess what? All I've said all year is you only have to keep that thing one time on the read options. Guess what happened? He kept it one time. He busted a run, got a first down. Wasn't a huge gain, but it moved the sticks. And then later on, Mayan Williams busts one. You want to know why? Did you watch it? Yeah. The linebacker froze. Why, yes. did, why did the outside linebacker freeze? Because, because of the threat had, of CJ. He had to respect the threat of CJ Stroud with his legs. That's all I'm asking. It doesn't have to be pretty. Keep it once or twice or three times throughout the game. You know, I go back to, again, Urban Meyer. We had JT Barrett. Now, granted, JT is not the thrower that CJ Stroud, Justin Fields, I mean, you go on and on. Um, He's not those guys, okay, throwing the ball, right? You would agree with that. Correct. <clears throat> but Urban, when he had when he had uh, JT, you know, he said, we've got to run the ball with our quarterback, design 10 to 15 times a game. And I firmly Because that's believe, what type of quarterback he is. I understand, but I firmly believe if you're going to compete in college football and run the offense that we run, the spread offense – you have to be able to run the football, and you have to have a quarterback that's willing to run. I'm not saying CJ's got to run it 10 to 15 times a game. I think that's too much. But 5 to 10, just what we saw on Saturday, in perfect conditions, will open up the running game with the running backs. You know what? And I, I truly believe that we're still hiding stuff from the team at once. That's why we've waited so long. We we had to use that quarterback run against Northwestern. If you remember back in 2018, Dwayne Haskins never pulled until he had to in that Maryland game the week before the team up north came to town where we squeaked out of Maryland with a one-point win. All right, that's when we started. That's when Dwayne Haskins kept pulling that football in that read option. He kept pulling it, okay? I I keep getting these flashbacks, these weird flashbacks of – prior teams leading up to the team up north. And I hope I'm right. Um, yeah, that's that. Hey, and they and they didn't look pretty in that first half against Rutgers. No, they didn't. But I'm more worried about the team in Columbus, the Scarlet and Gray. I don't care what they're doing. But they, you're right. They didn't. They didn't look pretty. Yeah, but, but we, we were quick to, oh, they're going to kick the crap out of us, blah, 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 blah. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying <laughs> we got to be able to run the football, and it just doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good. I I truly believe Travion Henderson's in that game. It's a different game. It might be, but he wasn't. Still have. I mean. Still, still concerned there for me on my end. But uh, and then another history repeating itself. Did you see this tweet? Uh-uh. Uh, 2006, 
Ohio State on the first Saturday of November visited a two and seven Illinois team and won an ugly seventeen to ten game. High winds limited Troy Smith to just one hundred and eight passing yards and zero touchdowns and one INT. Yeah. What happened that year? We beat number two team up north. They had a pretty good team that year. And got embarrassed in a national championship game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I and again, that's with a different offense. That wasn't the style. I mean, their style then was run heavy. It was it was Jim Trestle ball. So a seventeen to ten win is huge for that team. We we can't talk national championship yet till we have to, we have to talk about winning the Big Ten first. I understand, but what I'm saying is, I'm looking at big picture, and I'm tired of getting in the playoff or not getting in the playoff. And then just getting the doors blown off of us. And guess what? Guess what, Brett? What? Guess where playoff games are played? Indoors. Indoors. I understand, but that doesn't help you running the football. You should be able to run the football anywhere, any condition. You got to be able to run. But like, but like I said about the Penn State game, we were trying to run first to set up our pass. This team's then it started working later. We passed to set up the run. I understand all that. I just think well, we, and we couldn't do that. We had no threat. They knew what we were going to do on Saturday. I think throw the ball. Okay, so that flip that works on the reverse of it. Why couldn't we stop their run? Yeah, we should have loaded the box up too. And if you take away. I mean, I know we only gave up one touchdown. We made adjustments, blah, blah, blah. But those guys averaged like three or four yards of carry. Everybody that carried the ball for Northwestern. So I think that's too much on a one and eight team, one and seven team, whatever they were going in. I mean, that should be under three yards a, a carry for that team. Yeah. So. The conditions are the same. That dude can't throw the ball for nothing. So why aren't we doing the same thing on the flip side? Yeah, I agree with that. Now, I did see this. Michael Hall Jr. only played 20 snaps or something. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just – so, I mean, what's going on there? Are we trying to save guys up front? Are we trying to play these other guys? I mean – did, did we just walk in here thinking this is cake and we can do whatever we want and still come out of here with a win? Yeah. That's why I think they didn't push Travion playing. Well, again, to follow that up, I wouldn't push mine playing either. He would have sat too and we'd have ran down Hayden all day. Yeah. Or or the other cat. What's the other cat's name? Uh, they just moved him over. I It's blanking me. I'm liking me too. But yeah. Um I don't know. I think and again uh, see I'm just very op- I'm uh, I'm not I'm not gonna put all my eggs in this game. Uh this ugly, ugly game. I am extremely optimistic of what's to come the rest of the year. A lot of ball left to be played. All the goals are still right in front of you. So all I know is I know 
I know that this we gotta game, we gotta get rolling. Yeah, but you won an emotional victory against Penn State on the road last week. You're coming into a one and eight team in Evanston. I mean, hard to get motivated for that game. And then if you've seen the shots before the game, uh, I seen a Buckeye beat reporter said this is the quietest pregame I've ever experienced in my uh, life. I mean, when you're 38 points, it's hard to get, I don't know, hard to get motivated to play. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, it could be worse. We could have lost. Yeah, it could be worse. But, again, it's November. We got to get something going. Because yep. right now, not only do I think Michigan's a concern, but a Big Ten championship's at stake. That's a concern, much less the playoffs and, and and national title hopes. And you said at the beginning of this year, and I agreed with you, in one of our first episodes, this is national championship or bust. Yeah. So, again, I know you can compare this and compare that, but big picture here. I mean, at most, you've got four games left plus your two playoff games should you get there. I mean, it's time to start hitting a stride here. Yep. Now, I will say this. You know, I was a little upset, and I tweeted that the other day. I tweeted. I don't even know exactly what I said, but Ryan Day needs to go or it's time for Ryan Day to go, something to that effect. Now – does that mean I'm going to quit rooting for a team and not have total faith in him? No, because I think he's a smart enough guy to know, hey, we can't run the football. We're struggling to run the football. And I think this week at practice is just going to get cranked up even more. And I I, I believe that he can make those guys do it, but, I mean, we got to make the guys do it. I think – and if it doesn't happen, I don't know, man. I just really hope Saturday you don't they don't come out running the first three plays. Take a shot early. Loosen that box up a little bit, and then you can run. <clears throat> I wouldn't mind coming out and running the first three plays if they go for seven, eight, and twenty. Yeah, but I'm saying well, come out, <laughs> take a shot to Marvin Harrison Jr. Open that box up. And then guess what? All your concerns about running the football, the, the box will be loose. Now I will say this, CJ, the last couple of weeks, I think he's realized that, you know, I just can't be this guy that's just ho-hum, you know, like don't show any emotion, just kind of go through the motions type deal. I take what the defense gives me. If it's not there, oh, well, I'm doing my job. I saw I've seen glimpses of these last couple weeks. He's getting a little emotional. He's getting a little more like, okay, I'm gonna have to put this team on my back. He is taking a step in that direction. Yeah. And I I hope these next three weeks, I would love to see that come out in him. I would love to see that more. So I'm not I'm not taking anything away from him or Ryan Day. I'm saying it's go time. We got to start running the football. 
We'll start going. We'll start going. I'm sitting. I'm sitting out in the cave just because it's a nice day, and it's going to be one of the last nice days. And I don't know if you hear it, but the town bell's going off. They haven't reset the town bell. Did you hear that? Yeah. (laughs) Usually goes off at six. It's five oh one. They forgot to fall back. They forgot to fall back. So. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from there. I guess that means our time's up. Yeah. But, Talking uh, about other college football. My last thing about Buckeyes. Go ahead. Nine. No, we got, we got the chance to go 10. No, this week. That's all it's it matters. True. That's all it's it matters. True. Everything's in front of us. We just got to go get it. Yep. And we got to sharpen crap up right now. Yes. <laughs> we got to sharpen it up right now. Yep. <clears throat> so, uh, Let's Number one about, team in. Go ahead. Which, go ahead. Go one, ahead. Which one do you want to talk about? Start with the three thirty SEC game that everybody's looking forward to. Yeah, that turned into a snooze fest. Wow. Rock, Rocky Top died. <laughs> Frauds. Frauds. Did we get fooled? I don't know. Okay, first of all, I'll say this. I should have. I should have known better than this. This is a shame on me. A few weeks ago, I said, I think Georgia, this is before we even talked about college football rankings, but a few weeks ago, I said, Georgia should be number one until they're beat and not show that they're number one. I'm talking about actually come up with a loss on the field. The college football committee, then last week, you asked me who I'd have number one. I thought Tennessee was the best team, so I put them number one. I still think, I've always thought this, and I don't know why I went away from it last week when you asked me who my playoff teams were, um, that I put Tennessee one. I think it just it just lit a spark in the Georgia Bulldogs being put third behind Tennessee and Ohio State. Being put third, yeah. And, uh, and they came out, they're the defending national champs, and they said, wait a minute, you're going to put us third in the first ranking? We're going to make a statement, and they sure yeah. did. They did, and I think Tennessee kind of hurt themselves a little bit. Yeah. You know, they're they're used to playing so, so fast. Against that Georgia team, I mean, you really have to weather the storm on the road, you know, get first downs, get chunk plays. You can't have your defense on the field as much as they did. Yeah. That That's the bad thing when teams go super, super fast, you know. It Don't was. sustain drives. I mean, it, it's a, and then it, and you can lose it, and you can lose it quick. Yeah, Hendon Hooker did not look good. No, no. So now that, that Heisman is right back up for grabs from anybody, you just got to go take it. If you had to make a bet right now, who's winning the Heisman Trophy? Right now, today. After what we've seen... Up to this point, ten weeks in, what who who you got? <laughs> and it might be recency bias, just because of the why I watched the way he played on Saturday. But Jaden Daniels from LSU. Okay. I mean, he put on a performance. He did. But if I put money on it, <laughs> uh, I still think CJ because I think he's going to shine brightest in the biggest game of the college football year. Come November 26th. 
I'm not going to rule CJ out, but right now I'm going to, I'm going to give you a dark horse. Should Georgia run the table and should the Oregon Ducks run the table? Bo Nix. Yeah. Do you see his stats on Saturday? Yeah. Ran for 200, threw for 200, had five touchdowns, one of which was a receiving touchdown. You know what Trust Peace calls him? They threw him the ball. You know what Trust Peace calls him? What does he call him? Bo Picks. Bo Picks? Well, yeah. I'm telling you this. Bo Picks might be a dark horse. That's me going out on a limb, but uh, I kind of like it. Yep. Kind of yeah, like it's, it. It's but wide I, open. Someone's, someone's going to have to have a Heisman moment. It's going to have to happen. Okay, here's my other thing. Why does it have to go to a quarterback all the time? I know that's the sexy thing because that's the guy touching the ball all the time. But uh, yeah, if if the team up north beats us in the shoe, Blake there's, Corum, there's a guy up there that is very deserving of it, and I hate to say that, but it makes me puke saying it. Yeah, it sucks. But Blake Corum, if that was a Buckeye back, I'd be lobbying for him. So, <laughs> so are we gonna say the winner of that game? Could clinch the Heisman. Could, but you got to follow it up with a Big Ten championship performance the following week. Yeah, against a West team that is subpar. <laughs> against whoever. Yeah, I mean the door's back open for that. Yep. Sparty takes down Illinois. So, tuck coming. <laughs> so I mean, who is it? Illinois, Purdue. Yeah, Illinois. Purdue lost Saturday. Oh my gosh, Purdue's rotten. So now who? It's Illinois. Like they still control their own destiny. Hold on, I'm gonna get. Big I tips. understand, but they look like garbage. Oh yeah, the Big Ten West is awful. Purdue's lost to Michigan State. The Big Ten West at home. All right, Big Ten West standings. Go for it. <laughs> this is awful. Iowa still has a chance to win it, Brett. I know that's what I'm saying. Who's coming out of there? Illinois four and two. Iowa's three and three. Wisconsin's three and three. Purdue's three and three. Minnesota six uh, is three and three. Good night. This is terrible. So why can't Purdue win it? They could win out. They could. <laughs> this is terrible. Just looking at it. Yeah, it's horrible. You agree with me now? I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I know you you admitted to me a few weeks ago. It's time to get rid of the East and the West. It is. It's time. But the bad part is I just you turn around and play the team up north again. That's tough. Who, who cares? Let's see how good you really are. Yep. You split with them, you probably both get in the playoff. I still think this year, if you if that game's close, both teams get in especially after this weekend. Well, I think so, too, especially if TCU decides they don't want to play anymore. Dude, (laughs) dude, TCU's got a tough schedule coming up. They're at Texas, at Baylor. Yeah. They're not not running that schedule undefeated. So So you're going to get two SEC schools. What are we going to have, two SEC, two Big Ten? Yeah. But, But if I'm a Ducks fan, if you're the Oregon Ducks, you run the table, and the dogs run the table, you're in. I believe it. 
Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, I don't think they're running the table, though. You don't think the Oregon Ducks are? No, they're going to beat to USC. Well, they might. And USC is going to get beat to Notre Dame. Well, I'm a I'm a believer now in the Freeman, the Freeman era at Notre Dame. Here come the Irish, baby. While we're there, let's just talk about that. Yeah, I I, I went to church to celebrate the Catholics winning. <laughs> no, but I, I went to church on. <laughs> That, that was a, church on Sunday, and everybody had their Notre Dame ties on. Notre and Dame ties on, yeah. I'm surprised. Oh yeah, surprised the priest didn't give a shout out to the Fighting Irish. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't know, but uh, the Irish that was a butt kicking, and they showed that. You know, that that re- their record is uh, they're better than what the record shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, just put it that way. They are they're stinking good. They are good. I mean, the first <coughs> and, and when they lost the when they lost to Marshall and uh, Stanford, I knew that wasn't the team that was in Columbus week one. Well, let's face it. I mean, losing week one to Ohio State, Marcus Freeman coming back to the shoe, blah blah blah. Uh, that took a lot out of them. That you know? I mean, just think, just think. They they were think they were talking about Ohio State since start preseason all year, all, all year. year, literally since January. Yep. I mean, they knew the schedule. They knew what was happening. They were focused on one thing and one thing only, and it was the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yep. So. So Coach Freeman gets his big win. Did uh, Ohio State ruin Clemson? They have not looked the same since that Sugar Bowl when Justin Fields just went eight crap. <laughs> uh, was that was that when we were number eleven? Yeah, that's when Dabo says they're eleven. <laughs> but seriously, last year they sucked. This year, they they were they should not have got ranked four over the team up north. I'm sorry. No. No, and frankly, they probably sh- shouldn't have been above TCU right now. No, no. So they're out for good, even if they win the ACC. I believe they're out. Well, the ACC is terrible. I think the uh, the uh, Big Ten West can compete in the ACC. Did you see what Danny Cannell said? What did he say? Something about how Ohio State kick. Um, they'd finished fourth in the. Joel Clatt says, "Are you are you high or something?" Like, Joel Klatt was, like, going at Danny Cannell. I think I said that, too. I think I did see that because I think I tweeted at him and I said, Danny, you're high. Yeah. Yeah, I went right. I was like, what in the world? Are you kidding me? I don't think. Well, you know, he said, he said, he said, would Ohio State be the fifth or sixth best team in the ACC? Atlantic. Joel Klatt responds with a cool story, bro. <laughs> Uh, whatever happened to Danny Cannell? What does he do? Sit on his couch? For takes like this, is jobless. Uh, that's exactly why. And that's why moron. Desmond Howard's going to be ran out of a job here at ESPN. Yeah, his his preseason four playoff teams were spot on. Spot on. He's a genius, ain't he? Oh, yeah. Pat McAfee comes in, not talking college football every day, and 
he's already smarter than Desmond Howard. <laughs> well, I think this chair I'm sitting in is smarter than Desmond Howard. <laughs> but that's a conversation for another day. Oh, uh, yeah. The Irish get it done. What other games? Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on one. The There's Alabama LSU. Good. Oh, yeah. Brian yeah. Kelly. Just Brian just, Kelly. Just sit it on the table, bud. <laughs> wow. What? I'm. <laughs> me and Dayton Price and Quentin Gonzalez, we're watching the game together. And. We keep on saying this reminds us too much of junior year against Wayne Trace. Going for two at home. I mean, I, I'm sitting having a heart attack, dude. I, flashbacks from that game, I don't need them. It kills me. Okay, so we're sitting here in the cave watching it, right? Yeah. And it's me and Dan and Terry and I don't remember who else is here. Combs might have been here. Anyway, sitting in the cave. I can't recall who was all here. People were in and out all day. Boost was here at one point watching the Buckeyes. Q was here at one point. Um, we're watching LSU, and I said, this is stupid. I said, why are you going for two when you're going to have to the next time? Right. You've got all the momentum. Your quarterback's legit, and he's ran all over these clowns all night. Like, what are we doing? Yep. And I thought, here's Brian Kelly just showing that he's not that great of a coach because he does crap like that. And now today, here we sit, or even yesterday, and we're going to say, Brian Kelly, what a great call. What a great call. Genius. I'm not ready to go that far, but. Big win, big win uh, at home. Calling Baton Rouge. I mean, that was a, uh, yeah. It was huge, man. It was huge. Yeah, but it gave me too many flashbacks that I didn't want. <laughs> We're uh, saying, kick the field goal, kick the field goal. Yeah. All right. Any more college games or where one? Let's talk about that Paulding Wayne Trace game. I would have still went for two again, even if we had the chance. I just threw it to someone different. Someone came open on the backside. I was on the and, 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 anyways. Hey, I was on I was on the opposing sideline and when you guys scored I thought they should go for two. Yeah. I mean We had it. We had a backside I don't know why I didn't go there. He was wide open. It's still, see, it haunts me. See, we got to get off of it. It, it. You're the one who brought it up. I know. It haunts me. <laughs> I'm sure T-Speech will have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of stuff to say. <laughs> hey, moving on to the NFL. Before we recap, uh, what do you think of this Jeff Saturday taking over the Colts? What the heck? This just feels like when you're playing a game of beer pong and you call the celebrity shot. <laughs> like, for real. Okay, this dude, and I'm not saying Jeff's not capable of doing this. I'm not saying, like, this can't be a fit. 
But what I'm thinking is, like, you couldn't promote a guy that was already on the staff or, like, I, I mean, I just don't get it. And that's literally what it felt like when I when that came across my phone. I was like, okay, I'm in college again playing beer pong. And the dude's sitting on the couch. I'm just like, hey, celebrity shot because I've went ice cold. That's literally what this feels like. How? Yeah. I'm glad uh, the Bears got snagged Matt Eberflus at uh, Indy before. He he could have just stepped in as the interim if he stayed. Yeah. But, yeah, but it I'm, does I'm feel say, saying you got to have somebody on that staff that you can just say, okay, here you no, go. Give it to him. Finish up the season. Why Jeff Saturday? <laughs> I saw a tweet that says, I don't think Jeff Saturday knew he was going to be coaching against the Raiders this, this weekend. <laughs> I mean, what in the world? It's nuts. Jim Mercy. If you're, you're going to get an old player, get Peyton Manning at least. Okay, exactly. Again, I'm not saying Jeff can't do it, but that's just a little mind-boggling to me. I mean, that'd be like, I don't know, Ryan Day giving it up, and we're like, hey, uh, let's go with, you know, Troy Smith. Troy Smith. Troy, yeah, yeah, Troy Smith. Come on, come on in. Just start. Just take over the the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'd go nuts. What? What, what are we doing? Celebrity shot. Yep. I mean, what in the world? I don't know. And the dude's never coached college or pro. He's coached a high school team in 2020 that went three and seven. <laughs> I know. This is just... I'm glad. I'm glad that's not my team because my team is trending in the right direction. All right, here we go. Fire away on Jay Fields and the Chicago Bears. I, I tweeted out to Pat Mack because it's, it's overreaction Monday, right? Mm-hmm. And so I gave him a PMS. I don't want to overreact, <laughs> but Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the NFC North. Did he respond? No. Oh, okay. No. Well, but, that's a, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. It'd be cool. But have a day, JF1. And this is where you start to see those trades that we made on the defensive side of the ball hurt us. The <laughs> Bears are fun to watch. See, I'd rather have my, like, the Packers. They can't score. Colts, they can't score. If score while doing it. Arizona, they can't score. And put pressure on them. The Bears scored 32 points. I know. In their, in their last two games, they I mean, last three games, they beat the Patriots 33, scoring 33. They put up 29 against the Cowboys. There's your Cowboys, Rob Bailey. I didn't drop the Cowgirls. And then the Dolphins, you put up 32. Looks like we got a little bit of a team here in Chicago. And if you were on Chicago Bears Twitter yesterday, I don't know if you follow. I'm, I'm all over it. I was. You would have thought we won a big one yesterday, because Bears fans are so happy they finally have a quarterback. <laughs> this, this, this going into the season, and the Michigan fans are still riding the coattails of Tom Brady. Yep. 
pretty quiet, the Justin Fields uh, hate train. And I, I'm getting uh, some uh, apology. Uh, yeah, talk was, about that. Talk about that. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Jerome sent us a, a, a Justin Fields apology form um, about uh, being wrong about how this guy is a dude. He's a dude. When did he say he'd have it to you? I think by the end of the day or the end of the week. Yeah, he said, I'll have it turned in by the end of the day. Yeah. Well, yeah. well I'll tweet. I'm going to tweet this on the uh, Across the Field Twitter page. Please. Justin Fields' apology form. Yeah. So everybody can see it, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, Bears fans are so happy. Like, I would have seriously thought the Bears won if I didn't watch the game yesterday and would have just got on Twitter. Yeah. That Dolphins team's a good team. They're a good team. They couldn't stop nobody yesterday. I will say that. Well, let's just say because the Bears have a dude <laughs> quarterback. Dude, the Cowboys have a good defense. Bears put up 29. Yeah. They have a good – all right, let's quit giving everybody how they can't stop a team. All right, let's give the Chicago Bears a little bit of credit because we're not used to their offense being good. Okay, that's fair. Against the best defensive mind in football, you hang up 33 on him on Monday Night Football. That's fair. If I'm the Chicago Bears, I am not letting Luke Getze leave this offseason. The the relationship he has built with Justin Fields is unbelievable. And the three and this three-week transition, Brett, after that mini-bye week, after that Thursday night embarrassing loss to the commies, mm-hmm. this – this offense has been rejuvenated. And I think I saw a tweet that Luke Getze admitted. They went through, all right, they watched what was working for the Ravens and the Bills with that running offense with the quarterback. Yeah. And they just implemented it. Okay, my question is, again. Why did, why did it take so long? Why did we do this in the offseason? But still, go ahead. Yeah, we're trying to make Justin Fields well, he's not. Well, it's This is a new staff, too. It is. It is. This is a new staff. I'm just saying going in, I probably would have had that in my back pocket. I'd right. Been, okay, let's let's get this guy comfortable and do some some things that we know he can do. But his, and, his and, not, and not wait till week five or six to try to figure it out. His his uh his passer rating, I mean, he had a QBR of ninety five point four. Like you see, if you see the stat line, though, it's seventeen to twenty-eight for one hundred twenty-three yards passing. Mm. I mean, that's what that's what they were. I mean, that's what they were giving up. And Chase Claypool, we got screwed. All right, do you agree that was pass interference? Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, I think it was. You're gonna have people say it wasn't, whatever. But here's the fact of the matter. Uh, well, the fact, Eddie, the, fact, the fact of the matter is this is every NFL game. Every NFL game, the first three quarters, they call absolutely every pass interference, holding, illegal contact, you name it. Okay? And I've seen a lot, way less than what I saw in that. And it's like the fourth quarter, they just, they're like, okay, let the players figure it out. I'm but, okay with that to an extent, but – when it's pretty obvious and you've made some ticky tack calls before that, you gotta call it. You have to. Yeah. Well, in the the fourth quarter, Brett, in that fourth quarter, they call one 
that Tyreek Hill got from Eddie Jackson coming over and played it. Excellent. Excellent. That's true. I mean, I'm I don't not. Know if yeah, I did. I did see it. It is true. I'm just saying, when well, it's fourth quarter, it's crunch time. There's like, you know, six seven minutes to go. They swallow it, man. Yeah, but another reason why State Brown that drop. I sent it to our group chat. What the heck? Yeah, that was so bad. Justin Fields put it right on right, the money, <laughs> right through the wickets, right through them. But <laughs> hey. What did adding Chase Claypool do? It opened up Darnell Mooney. Yeah, seven catches yesterday. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just Cole Komet had a day. Man. One more piece. One more. And it doesn't even have to be. And we talked about the offensive line, but the way Justin Fields has been playing, um, eluding the pressure and. Well, you're helping. You're helping. You're helping the line out too. Yes. By keeping things off balance rather than we're handing it off or keeping him a pocket passer. Yep. I mean still need help up there. Oh yeah, I'm not saying they're great, but but, but the yeah, Bears I, are taking I mean, the Bears are taking this team in the right if you spend the money right this offseason, if you draft right this offseason, <laughs> it could be a fun year next year in Chicago. Could be. And the pack, which is even better. Yeah, they're bad. They're just as bad as my Cardinals. Yep. There's another tweet I sent out. Cliff, yeah, you just want to fire coaches, huh? Yeah, I'm tired of watching it. Cliff Kingsbury, you mentioned this last week, whether it was on the pod or whether you and I were having a phone conversation. This dude couldn't coach at Texas Tech. You've given him enough time here with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, James Conner, um, Rondell Moore. The list goes on and on. And this is the result we get, a three and six start. Well, maybe Kyler, maybe they should have put that uh, part in the contract where Kyler had to watch so much film because I knew the new Call of Duty just came out. Yeah, well. They should have because – and I don't even know if it's on him. He's throwing a couple picks, but he's trying to make plays because we're losing. And you could say, oh, well, the offensive line's hurt. The offensive line's banged up. Listen, dude, it's the NFL. Go get people. Have an offensive line. I know there's three guys out. And listen to this. And I love Billy Price. I'm not dogging on my Buckeye. Billy Price has been playing center the last three games. Yesterday, Cardinals go down and score first drive. They had held Seattle to three points at 7-3. Okay, second drive. We got a third and medium to keep the drive going, get some more points on the board. Billy Price snaps it over Kyler's head. We got a punt. Next drive, Billy Price snaps it over Kyler's head. Next play, false start. Next play, false start. And then later on, Billy Price doesn't snap the ball and everybody else is moving. So they give you one of them false starts, everybody but the center calls. And, I, again, I understand that you got some moving parts up front, but it was disgusting other than that first drive. Well, I'll have to tell Dayton to tell his cousin to get his head out of his rear end. <laughs> <laughs> 
<clears throat> tell him because it was a, that was the joke with Billy Price played for the Buckeyes. I, they always say that's my cousin. It was sickening. Um, and I love the dude. I loved him in Ohio State, and I hope he I hope he pays off for us. But goodness gracious! And then they want to talk about the defense playing bad and the defense this defense that. You got beat thirty one twenty one by the Seattle Seahawks. And the defense had a pick six again. So you really got beat 31 to 14. And then you say, well, that defense gave up 31 points. Well, look at the time of possession, you clowns, because you can't get a drive together on offense. Your defense spent 40 minutes over 40 minutes on the field. I mean, it's disgusting. Yep. So. What happens when your defense plays that much and you put them in bad situations and you have to go for it on fourth down and you give them – and you don't convert, so you give the Seahawks, you know, the ball at midfield. What do you think's going to happen? Yeah, they're going to come away with points. Geno, Geno Smith ain't no slouch. They're, yeah. at least, they're at least going to go get three points out of that deal. Is Geno going to win the MVP? He should. He might. He looks pretty good, especially if they keep winning like this. Are they the second-best team in the NFC? They might be. Would you put them ahead of the Vikings? At this point, uh, where's that game at? They play. In, I mean, in, <laughs> I don't know. They if, have that ga- if that game – well, I assume – If that game's in Seattle, they win. If it's in Minnesota, they still might win. Because Minnesota, I'm not, you know, whatever, give them credit. Pretty good, but they didn't look great yesterday. No. Um, yeah, in Minnesota's schedule coming up, they got the Bills. The Bills aren't going to lose two in a row. No. They got the Cowboys. Toss up. Toss up. Minnesota's probably better. Patriots, Jets, Lions, Colts. Giants, Pack, Bears. And Minnesota's got a man. That's pretty, pretty, pretty favorable. Pretty favorable schedule, in my opinion. They're winning. I mean, but they're I gonna. Lo- but I tell you what, I'm not. Not that the Eagles aren't good. I'm just not sold on them either. Yeah, I'm not either. I don't know. I don't know if if Jalen hurts the dude when I need a score. Is he gonna drive me? Yeah, they're, they're gonna lose a few games. So. I don't know in that regard. I, I don't know, but the Seahawks are pretty good. I don't know if they're the second best team in the NFC, but they're at least top four, top three. But the team in the West that they obviously have to look out for is the team that just made a splash a couple weeks ago in the trade: San Francisco Forty ers Yeah, they're good. Because they're they're five hundred right now, but they're gonna getting, get better. Oh my goodness, they're getting. I mean, Kittle's healthy. You get CMC, get going, and all the other pieces they have. That defense is always nasty. I mean, wouldn't be shocked if if San Francisco could come back and maybe even win the division. So, well, ma'am, it's yeah. right there. That's right yep. there. NFL is getting really interesting right now. There's no. <laughs> Undisputed great team, I would say. Uh, the Chiefs, I mean, they didn't 
surprise me against a very good, not against a very bad Tennessee Titan offense. Yeah, they didn't look great. No, the, and then the Bills lose to the Jets. I mean, so it's a lot of questions to be answered, but uh, all I care about is keep making the steps in the right direction, JF1. <laughs> it's awesome. I I love watching. I used to hate watching Bears football games, but it's awesome. So, Well, good deal. I'm glad you're having fun. I'm just banking on the fantasy team right now. And Hey, guess what? JF1 put up 42 yesterday. Well, in our league, we get bonus points and all these boosted points. He put up like 97. What the heck is that type of league? <laughs> That's why I have Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes, who Pat Mahomes put up 77 last night. Jeez, that's not even, that's just outrageous. And we like bonuses. I could so. Um, oh, there's something else I was going to bring up. I can't remember. Oh, anyway, fantasy, how's that going? It, it's going good. Uh, big me and Jeff Price. It comes down in the the big money league tonight, along with me and Marcus Miller and my other big money league tonight. And I have Chris Olave w- w- going against Marcus Miller, but then I'm also going against Chris Olave when because Jeff Price has him. So that's the part about having multiple fantasy teams that sucks. Yeah, that's the part I don't like. Yeah, but I'm the situation I got Chris Olave in one. Need him to go. Need him. To have a really good game to win that one, but playing against him in another one was just going to bury me. So yeah, I mean, so so now I'm thinking, okay, which one has more money involved? Okay, the one that Jeff has him in. So Chris Lava, you can go have and have a terrible game next year. Here's what I'm going to do, Brett. I'm going to make my team an all Buckeye team. I've tried to do that in years past, and and sometimes it pays off, and sometimes it doesn't. I mean. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson look like studs, and then uh, Terry McLaurin, and then you get JF1 now, and then uh, J.K. Dobbins. Pending he could stay healthy. Yeah, and Z. The tight end spots where you, you got to go out and get someone else different. but Kate Stover. Farmer Gronk. He'll be coming. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought a guy like Nick Vanette would pan out more than he has. Or Jeremy Ruckert. Jeremy Ruckert, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Ruckert still might. I mean, yeah, he's young. He's young. Yep. But well, anything else other than? I think we covered pretty much everything, and yeah, I gotta get going to a Buckeye basketball game. Yeah, I'm sure we missed something, but yeah, you've got to eat, get Buckeye basketball. So let's go ahead. And give some shout-outs if you got them. Yeah, I do. I got a couple of them. Uh, Shout-out to uh, Corey Gieske for letting him, letting us just uh, – we did – Dayton called him and said, hey, Corey, you care if we come down, play pool, and turn on college football? Corey goes, yep. So, we, uh, so that's how we watched the LSU-Notre Dame game on Saturday night. We just went up to the barn and turned on football and played some pool. And then – so shout out to their barn and all the guys that I got to hang out with and see this weekend. And then I'll shout out uh, Jeff Price and Corey Gieske's wings. Um, anybody that wants to buy their bulk wings, they got uh, they got uh, inventory built up, so you can buy wings by the bag and take them home and heat them up, and they're just as good. So really, 
Yeah. So if anybody, you know, playing in like a Ohio State watch party or anything, get you some wings and they're they're so good. You get a price on them or? Uh, no, really I don't have it on me. No, but I think it's like 25 wings in a bag. Okay. Uh, good idea. Yeah. So there's my shout out. And then, oh, shout out to uh, you know, mom for mom and Kate and Luke. Get to see them this weekend and all the family. So those are my shout outs. Oh, well, before I get to my shout out, you know, we forgot. This is my, this will be a part of my shout out, but uh, don't get real big into volleyball. But around here, you got high school volleyball state coming up and the Crestview Knights are heading there. Yeah, and we had that. Whoever won that game, we're going to be a local team. It was between the Hicksville Aces and the Crest United. So yeah, the local sports are showing up. So yep. So congratulations to Hicksville on a good year, and then uh, shout out to the Crestview Lady Knights uh, heading down the state. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, they play Thursday, right? I believe so. I believe so. So I think it's Thursday at two. Shout out to the Knights local. Local teams make it to state. Good luck to all the area teams down there. Coldwater's down there too. I see. And uh, did they send three teams from the MAC to state volleyball? I, I think New Bremen is New Bremen down there. I believe Bremen's down there, and I think there might be one more. It, it's just sports are different in the MAC for sure. I, I forgot one more shout out. I forgot. What's that? I just want to shout out DB for letting me sit in his classroom on Friday. Archbold, so shout out DB. Got you. I'm going to shout out DB for hanging out with the both of us on Friday, letting you in his classroom, and then him and I, well, we got together, had some supper, and then went over and watched uh, the Antwerp Archers come away with their one-point win. So, and again, we'll have some picks this week. High school football really heating up. We're in the Sweet 16. It's nuts, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have some picks coming later up. Uh, hopefully get those posted tomorrow. And then not sure who our guest picker is going to be. We talked about it. There's a few guys in the hunt right now. Um, All comes down to the night. Comes down to the night. So we'll be getting in contact with whoever wins tomorrow, and hopefully they'll join us Wednesday evening. I'm prepared for her. Right, Peyton? Yep, yep. Okay. So, well, hey, man, go Bucks. Hope go they get Bucks. The- who do they play? Oral Roberts? Robert Morris tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oral Roberts team that beat us a couple years ago. Yeah. 20 and a half point favorites. So, go Bucks. I'll be <laughs> All right. Out. I can't watch it on TV because nobody has it. Nope. Hmm. I have to watch it on uh, ESPN Gamecast or something. Yeah, send me some updates. Go, go live. FaceTime go, you go, during the whole game? Go, yeah, just go FaceTime the whole game. I'll, I'll live stream it on Facebook. There you go. That way we can go back and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, go Bucks. Have a good one. We'll catch up with you Wednesday. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you then. All right. You have listened to another episode of Across the Field. Peace out.